Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Flores with myself, Stephen Nussbaum. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the bearded legend, the one and only, the daddy-o. He's only just got back from Reading. It's Mr. Paul Levy. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is episode number... 344. It did take an awful long time <laughs> to get out of Reading. Um, a tip for the for the future, guys, don't park in any of the fan car parks. Park away uh, from them. Um, thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show and again to Richie as well for giving us some superb insight oh. and above all, the honesty and transparency in which he spoke to us with. It was an absolute delight to have him on uh, and hopefully, uh, judging by the listening figures, it was very well received by you guys as well. Uh, any other uh, feedback you'd like to give us, please do so. Uh, we're on all social media platforms. We're also Orient Outlook at Outlook.com uh, on the emails if you're not on social media. Uh, but this week on episode 344, uh, it's just a standard one this week. Unfortunately, it's just the two of us. Uh, Richie's not going to be joining us. Uh, but we've got some news that's happened over the past seven days. Club news to bring you up to speed with in case you've missed anything. Uh, obviously, we're going to review the Reading game as well. Loads of your views, but without further ado, let's just crack on now. Uh, and as always, we start with a word from our sponsors. We certainly do. So we are delighted to be sponsored by Carol Langley Florist. We're based in Chinkford and have been serving the borough of Waltham Florist and the surrounding area for more than the last 70 years. They're a fantastic team of florists can do anything that you need. We spoke wedding events, family, funeral tributes, birthdays, anniversaries. And like we've been saying, Valentine's Day now, only two and a half weeks away. So don't get caught out. Go and speak to the guys at Carol Langley Florists. And you know what? They do 15% off for all O's fans and staff that hopefully you all know by now. So give them a call on 0208 529 4130 or go and have a look at their lovely website, which can be found at www.carolangley.co.uk or on social media. They're on all the major platforms. You can find them on Instagram at Carol Langley Florists. You can find them on Twitter at Carol Langley 4 or you can find the team on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist. Once again, don't get caught out. You don't want to be in the doghouse and not be able to get yourself to an Orient game because uh, there's a lot. There's a lot in February to, to get to. So get the flowers, get yourself in the good books, yeah. get yourself down Brisbane Road. You have got a very early warning from us, guys. You are welcome. Um, yeah, we're looking out for you here. Supporters Club updates, just in case you didn't know, uh, on Tuesday the 6th of Feb, we're off to Port Vale for that rearranged fixture. That's a 7.45 kickoff. so coaches will leave the Supporters Club at 2 o'clock. It's £37 for adults, 34 for concessions, and kids under 16 are £19. It's quite a long journey. That's, that's good prices, and the trains aren't always guaranteed these days, as you well know. Saturday the 10th of February, we're off to Barnsley. That's a 3 o'clock kickoff. Coaches will be leaving at half past 8 and that costs adults £37. Obviously, these are return fares. Concessions are £34, and kids under uh, 16 are £19 as well. And obviously, those prices don't include your match day ticket. You can book on to those trips or any of the future trips the Supporters Club are running. You can go into the Supporters Club on a match day, or you can call 07507 539579. All right, lovely stuff. Let's crack on with the week that was down at the O's, starting with Happy Monday the 22nd of January, and as his interview, like we said in episode 343, was taking the podcasting world by storm, <laughs> Super Richie Weddings was named as manager in the official League One Team of the Week for the second week in a row. So well done, Sad. Super Richie. I'm glad you didn't get this week because you don't want your manager getting too many uh, weekly awards because that leads to, I guess, undivided attention from, from He's, others. I think it's fair to say that if you're in the Football League, as a manager or as a player and you're doing good things you'll be noticed it's not flown under anyone's radar there are lots of vacancies and I'm sure he's been approached for for numerous ones um, and I'm sure that he's very happy at Leighton Orient he talked last week about bringing his family down uh, over the summer but look if a big club came and it was too good an opportunity for him as for his career you know with our blessing I'm sure you know for, for the legacy that he leaves at our club we'd wish him all the best be gutted to lose him and hopefully he's here with us for a few years longer and we get to where we you know, aspire to be, which at this moment in time is a championship. But, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed. Well, that's I'm why pretty I, confident I can say that. Without any prior knowledge, I'm pretty confident that other, manage, other chairmen are knowing what a good job he's doing that's and the style of football. That's why I'm amazed. Like, a club like Charlton, in my eyes, should be looking at that League One table and going, we're a much bigger club than Leighton Orient. Because like, they are. Yeah. 
and look at the way they're performing against us. Oh, they've got a young manager who's had success elsewhere. How much would it take to get him out of his contract? I'm, I'm amazed he doesn't get linked with more clubs in and around the area. Like, pleasantly surprising. Yeah, I agree. And long, long may you can that continue. But like you said, I'm sure there's people looking around going, okay, if we were to get rid of our manager, when it's going to be a bad bet. But yeah, love him. Sounded very settled last week. His parents were literally in the row in front of me um, yesterday singing. How amazing must it be if you're Richie's mum or dad and, and you're standing got... there and all you can hear is we've got Super Richie Wellington or Richie Wellington's Red, Red Army. You must be so proud. And, and his son was with them as well, yeah. you said. Yeah, yeah looked to be. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, they love it at Orient. We've obviously had his mum on the podcast, met his dad a couple of times. They love Leighton Orient. So, you know, it's a two-way street. As much as we love Richie Wellington and his family, it is reciprocated. I think yeah. that stands for something in these... This, this day and age at football clubs yeah 100% agree That's abs- and, and absolutely with all the troubles that some clubs have off the field you know you can go there and earn a few quid more but you'll be out of a contract and then you're in that cycle I remember Russell yeah. Slade where he left and he went to Cardiff and then Cov- he went to Coventry like troubled yeah. clubs um, and, and things don't end well um, so sometimes when you find a home that where there's as much love for you and, and respect and, and like you said the board Culture. trust him uh, absolutely, the big, yeah. the big C word is is absolutely a thing these days, and and in football particularly where it's so cutthroat that one minute you're the best thing since sliced bread, and the next minute you've lost your last oh. five, and you're gone out of a job. Like we we're not like that, um, and the only time that's actually ever happened is when Barry put his faith in Russell Slade, and we just avoided relegation in like the twelve thirteen season, I think it was, or eleven twelve, and we just avoided just because they're another team that were just a little bit less, yeah less good than us which isn't best English but yeah so so like, like, like you say like when you find somewhere where you can operate how you can give your best and be the best version of yourself then you don't just want to go chasing a, a kind of extra quid you really don't and it's the same for any walk of life not just football agree let's move on then to, to Huey Tuesday the 23rd of January the club announced signing number two of the transfer window as young Fulham winger slash midfielder Ollie O'Neill joined us um, on a two and a half year deal for an undisclosed fee. That has got to be the most Orient name, leading with two O's. It's the Ollie O'Neill Orient Outlook. It's like, uh, it's very difficult <laughs> very to good. say. Ollie said, I'm really excited to be starting the next chapter of my career at Leighton Orient, a club that feels like it's got real momentum behind it at the moment obviously mm. Richie alluded to trying to bring a young player in last week's podcast he's done that Mr Levy your views on the signing of Ollie O'Neill yeah I think he's an exciting prospect um, he played against us in the EFL trophy earlier this season for Fulham in their under yeah. 3 scored a good goal um, didn't really know much about him but I've saw, seen a couple of his highlights obviously the highlights are never going to be bad but you know, he looks to have that real athleticism about him he came on yesterday I thought he was good it was, it was exciting got us out of our seats um, need to see an end product which obviously it's only his first few minutes but you know is, there's a lot to come I think yeah for yeah. me I mean I you know I hadn't heard of him so I like to be pleasantly surprised when I haven't heard of players because there's a lot of players who we've signed over the years who I haven't heard of so yeah but any player who excites Richie like he said last week will get my back in all for it I think he'll learn a lot playing with Theo I think ultimately he'll learn a lot playing with Graham as well when Graham's back fit yeah. loads of experience there so good experience and yeah, his goal against us was decent, great age. And um, I took a stat from, I think, a Fulham fan's tweet. He said for the under-21s, he played 55 games, scored 17 goals and got 14 assists. So that's not a bad record no, nope. at all. And like you said yesterday, he came on, we'll obviously talk about the game later, but he came on, looked full of confidence, had a lot of running in him as well, yeah. and was up for it. Young man, point to prove. Yeah, had a hand in 31 goals in 55 games. Love it. That's incredible, isn't it? 31 goals in 55 games. Don't forget, that's not counting the EFL trophy where he scored against us as well. That's just the under-21 level. So, you know, yeah. in terms of what Decent. else he's done. Decent, very good. Love to see it. We had a few tweets when that was announced. KC Adams, LOFC, said, reading the comments from Fulham fans, this signing is looking like a quality one. Always a good sign to see opposition fans gutted to see a player leave when you sign him. Yeah, indeed. Sean Galway, 86, said, loved this signing. Saw him in the Ireland under-21s and playing for Derry. Lots for Wellens to work with. Love that. Derby 507 said, my friend is a big Fulham fan. I said this, he's mustard. 
In short, an Ireland under-19 progressive can play across the final third and also a central midfielder, just a decent ball sprayer that gets involved in everything. A good sign-in, very positive that, Indeed. Uh, yeah. that review. Yeah, very much so, absolutely right. Um, later on in the day, the O's were in action as an Orient 11 went up against Brentford B in a behind-closed-doors friendly at Brisbane Road. Lining up for Orient were Sam Howes in goal, Thompson, Turns, Cooper, Adjuman with Prattley, Obiero, Moncur, O'Neill, Satiriu, and Piggott completing that lineup. Substitutes for this one um, Reesburn, Pegram, Carter, Avgustidis, Chinedu, St. Louis, Smith, Kowassi, and Bullis. Yeah, I mean, there's some quite good names in there who obviously need a full 90 minutes. Adam Thompson, I can't remember the last time I saw Adam Thompson play. 90 minutes turns who obviously hasn't had much football lately Cooper who's not yeah. had, a, had a first team game in a long time Pratt again Moncur to get 90 minutes under his belt Prattley Satiri come back from injury and Piggott who Will thought was going to be the main man and hasn't been able to get in the side for the last couple of weeks so good opportunity there for some of those players so we're going to skim through this one very quickly we took the lead in the 17th minute through Joe Piggott and went in 1-0 up at the break with Zek Obiero making it 2-0 in the hour mark <coughs> And although Brentford pulled a goal back in the 81st minute with Carol Lisby getting the assist. A nice, uh, nice yeah, touch there. Yeah. Super Carol Lisby. Yeah. The Orient saw the game out to get the 2-1 win. Well done, so good result there. That wouldn't have done any of those plays any uh, harm at all. Nope. So good Not to see that. Absolutely. Although the O's weren't in action Tuesday night, there were a handful of fixtures in League One. And due to Northampton's last-minute winner at Charlton, the O slipped a place in League One, uh, in the League One table. We are now that we weren't then down to tenth, um, and that obviously saw Michael Apperton's reign as yes. Charlton head coach brought to a very swift close. As right after full time, they announced that he'd gone. Yeah, they fanned never ticked to him, and the results weren't good. So another one bites the dust, so to speak. So on Wednesday, the twenty fourth of January, the FA announced that Richie Wellens has been charged with misconduct following their EFL League One game against Bolton. Very short statement. It's alleged that he acted improperly during the 81st minute, which led to his dismissal, and also by remaining in an area where he could directly view the rest of the game after being sent off. And these statements ended by saying Richie has until Friday, the 26th of January, to provide a response. Is Friday just gone, so... Yeah, we'll see what happens off the back of that. Yeah, it was mentioned in part of Richie's post-match interview. He gave a bit more context um, around that. So that's on YouTube. Obviously, we'll play a bit later, but I don't think we're going to play that part of it. So essentially, two charges for Richie. One of interfering with play that he pleaded guilty to, as you expect him to. The second one, though, he disputes because that's a new rule he was saying for managers anyway, and he didn't receive the letter from the EFL who was saying they did send him one see what happens there he's not yeah. going to appeal or anything because obviously if you appeal and lose it means you get a higher fine and it means you get a longer touchline ban I expect Richie to get at least a one game ban okay. so maybe he won't be there for cut I guess we'll find out this week so fingers crossed he doesn't get um, a ban and he doesn't get too big a fine because we'll see what happens with that yeah indeed so let's move on then Thursday the 25th of January the club announced it had achieved a bronze award in the EFL Equality Code of Practice as well as announcing the newest O's fan group the Punjabi O's, so welcome to everybody in that group. Yeah, great video the club put out as yeah, well. Yeah, lovely so, video. Yeah, nice well, to guys. see that. Great stuff. That's what account's been running for a good few months there. Yeah. So, and it's also always interacted well. So Friday the 26th of January, quite that the club with no news to report as 2,000 <coughs> O's fans were making plans to descend to Reading. So first batch of tickets sold out. We've got a second batch sold out. And I think the third batch they put on so early in the week sold out as well. So... Like we said, it was the golden ticket to have. Yeah, there were loads of spare seats as well in, in the allocated area, so we could have still we could have carried on thinking more. Man, yeah, absolutely. Happy nineteenth birthday to Zach Obiero, who turned nineteen on Saturday, the twenty seventh of February. Yeah, and as you all know, the main event on Saturday was the trip to Reading. So before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on this one. We had four hundred and forty six votes, not bad in about mm-hmm. a day and a half. So with twenty percent of you thinking the O's would lose. 26% of you thinking the O's would get a draw. And again, overwhelming majority of 54% thinking the O's would win. So as always, thank you for all of your votes. Last week you said you voted that we were going to beat Bowen. Did you vote on the Reading no. one? Stop no, I, I would have taken a draw before the game. Because Reading's uh, last few, you know, they've only lost one in their last five. 
um, including yesterday. Um, I think they're probably in a slightly false position. They are, definitely. Um, looking at yesterday, but, you know, over 28 games, the table doesn't really lie that much. Um, but, you know, recent form dictates, you know, they're certainly not bottom four material uh, based on that. They're probably just sort of lower mid-table, but, you know, it could have been a real tricky banana skin for us. Um, but two o'clock anyway, the, yes. the teams were announced uh, and uh, Sol Brim was in goal, no surprise there. Galbraith, Beckles, Happy and Sweeney with the back four, El Miz and Brown with the middle two, with Archibald, Ford and Soturio as the three behind Dan Ajayi. Substitutes for this one, Sam Howes, Tom James, Brandon Cooper, Darren Prattley, George Moncur, Ollie O'Neill and Mr Joe Piggott. Yeah, so that meant there was one change to the starting lineup from the team that defeated Bolton Wanderers last week as well. So you came in replacing Max Sanders whilst Tom James returned to the squad in place of Ed Turns and recent signing Ali O'Neill named on the bench so Bid Lejande your views on the team when you saw that named at 2 o'clock yeah, other than Max Sanders no no shock or surprise to me I was, I was a bit surprised that Max is injured again I mean he's just got going in the team and he looked to be really impactful so disappointing to see that but you know like you said last week lots of options on the bench as well particularly with O'Neill um, there as well excited to see what he can do um, obviously maybe Tom I'm not sure why Tom James perhaps didn't start either ahead of Sweeney or Galbraith um, but he came on uh, obviously as we saw yesterday but yeah generally I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that decent line up to me I thought it would be unchanged with no injuries so yeah no complaints shame to see Sanders missing and again Richie covers that in his post-match um, my only qu- query there is I, I wouldn't place it to you in that midfield no. role. Or I think he was more playing as a 10, slightly behind Adji. But for me, when you've got Prattley or Moncur willing to play there in their preferred position, I would have gone with Prattley, I think, in all honesty, or Moncur. But look at that, it's a positive move to put a forward there anyway. It's obviously a sign of attacking intent. Yeah. But looking forward to seeing O'Neill as well. And like we said, good options on the bench there, defence, midfield, and attacking options on the bench all looking good. So a few tweets that came into us when that was announced. Brad won Malloy, said I was confident. But no Sanders could cost us. PM31970 said, I would have played James and pushed Galbraith into midfield to replace Sanders. Yeah. I, don't, I don't disagree. Good yeah. point. Yeah, Len Chin Chin won. Said, running away and expect a competitive game as they have been doing well at home lately. Also, they still have good players. I think the inform O's will win, but need good forward play and, of course, good defending with clinical finishing. I hope to see Oli O'Neill play well yeah so Orient got the game underway looking to build on their unbeaten run since Boxing Day and our run of five clean sheets against the Reading team who are currently 21st in League One but on a good run of form themselves given their off-field issues with only one loss in their last eight so that tells you well they played on Tuesday night and they beat Derby who yeah 1-0 kept a clean sheet Derby smashed us in December I know we were maybe a different team back then but Derby made very light work of us so yeah knew it wasn't going to be an easy game. So, Reading started the stronger of the two sides. Aziz shot over the bar from the edge of the area early on. And then Dan Happy had to be alert as he made a vital block on a wing's shot in the 8th minute. Yeah, 17th minute now. And O's corner led to Ross Aturiu cross from the left. Holmes' arm was up when jumping with Dan Aggie. And the referee was no two minds about this. Awarded a penalty straight away. Thoughts? Clear penalty. Day. Obviously, in the away stand, you can't really see it no. that clearly because it's miles away because it's such a big away stand. But um, yeah, you could, I feel like you can always tell by the opposition's reaction to the penalty being given, and absolutely no appeals there for the ref not to give that one. Yeah, and very little totally fanfare. Agree. So yeah, great to see that. Up stepped Dan Aji. I've got to confess. I don't like the little shimmy run-ups that he no. does. I do not like that. He'd done his little shimmy. He seemed to stop in slow motion, but calmly dispatched his penalty from the spot, past Button, to send 2,000 right fans wild with his fourth goal in four games. And with it, a celebration with the corner flag to celebrate decent penalty. Like I said, hits the target. If the keeper gets it the right way, the keeper saves it because he doesn't get it into a corner. But again, it's giving the keeper the eyes. If you're going to use that technique, you've got to give the eyes and try and get the keeper to go the wrong way, which is what he does. Love it. And yeah, recently learned that was the Andy Carroll celebration. Apparently, so yeah. we've obviously had Benjani, Nolan, and now Donato Carroll. I love it. Brilliant. He's obviously studying teams or Googling teams. Um, in <laughs> Good case luck with next week. Well, if you, the only one, the only famous one people have uh, <laughs> mentioned is they 
scored like in the 94th minute years ago their goalkeeper scored a guy called Jimmy Glass to save him from relegation in the oh, 90s yes. yeah. and then just went ballistic <clears throat> that's the only, that's the only reference famous Carlisle yeah. goal that anyone can think of I'm sure there must be others if, if you look hard enough but um, yeah if, it, if he scores on a Saturday I guess everyone will be uh, googling to see what he does 100%, when he does it. 100% but yeah. gone for the penalty and look 4-4 four four, his profile has been raised ma- massively and I never really thought he was going to miss like although he'd done that shimmy I was 100% confident in, in him stepping up. Well, obviously, yeah. Moncur on the pitch and Piggott on the pitch. He, he is the penalty taker. Yeah. Love it. Great Absolutely stuff. Absolutely right. Yeah, totally agree. Good penalty. Managed to capture that. That's on what's well, been on our socials. Yeah, it will still be on our, our post yeah. somewhere. So go and check that out. Although I'm sure the club have got a good, or the club have got a good angle of that themselves. 20 minutes now. Let's fast forward uh, on to that. Jaden Sweeney was caught out down our left and Yadom swung across him from the left it was missed by Smith Nibs and Makari uh, sorry Makariu I beg your pardon who were all waiting at the back post bit of a let off there I mean they were starting to really expose us down our left or they were starting to double up on Sweeney because Theo just couldn't get back in time so Sweeney was caught, caught two on one a lot of the time going to the ball and they were just playing it round him yeah. but again, I thought a lot of people around me were saying that he's rubbish Jaden. I, I couldn't disagree more I think Jaden's a really good player but he was left exposed and none of the midfielders picked up on the fact that Theo wasn't getting back and weren't supporting him and covering him and it, it exposed him and I felt sorry for him because it was unfair. Yeah, he was finding it very tough. Um, it looked like Reading were playing with three at the back which means they had an extra man consistently in midfield, in midfield and that's mm. where the overlapping runner I guess kept going but yeah, a bit of a lucky escape there but two minutes later not so lucky as Reading did equalise as a corner came in, it wasn't defended well. Sam Smith got a flick on and Harvey Nibs got on the end of it to bury the ball but past Solbrin to make it one off. Yeah, poor defending for us. And that's our first goal that we've conceded in 550 wow. minutes of football. Crazy. 550 minutes of football since conceding our last goal. Like fair play, all right, it's a well-worked routine. Um, but we needed to be better than that. Yeah, just got beat to the ball too many times. Smith yeah. gets head of Archibald, Nibs gets head of Sweeney. And before you know it, it's one all. So all equal in the 25th minute, the O's <coughs> drove forward. Dan Adji got down the left, played the ball back to Ross Satoyu, whose shot was easily saved by Button. But the ball came out to Shaq Ford, who fired over from close range inside the area. Unlucky yeah, there, Shaq. Yeah, unlucky. Yeah, Jaden Sweeney took a throw in on our left, eventually fed Dan Adji, but his fierce shot was well saved by David Button. They looked petrified of Adji, I thought, once he was, 100% one, right. when he was getting involved. They just could not live with him. In the 41st no. minute, Solbrin done well as he rushed out to deny tees who got him behind Dan Happy but Brim made the save and the ball went out for a corner it was quite an open game in the first half both teams looked dangerous going forward both defences looked a bit rickety like beatable nervous yeah you looked, you felt there could be more goals in this in this one at that yeah. point anyway yeah 45 Idris El Mazzouli found some space on the edge of the area drove forward had an effort which went well over Button's crossbar yeah well over three minutes of Additional time played in the first half. The ref blew the half-time whistle with the sides going in even at the break. Yeah, 15,942 fans. I would say packed in, but there was loads of spaces. Over 2,000 <laughs> Orient fans who were all in fine voice and singing along really nicely. I expected a better atmosphere from nearly 16,000 people, to be honest with you. It was really mostly us and the away, the home fans who were next to us that did a little bit of singing. It felt a bit flat. It's a bit of a weird time, though, to be a Reading fan. It's really, it's a, it's weird. I mean, yeah, I, I felt for them in the 16th minute. We all stood up and all clapped. And yeah, applauded. nice moment. Yeah, well, well remembered. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we in KFC we were talking to like a few fans who were like, you know, there's nothing more I'd love to do again than go on the pitch and get it called off. But if they do that, then they'll start getting deducted points. It's something they just can't can't do or they don't want the risk of doing because yeah because that doesn't that affects the club yeah not, not it, help it could be the difference club. if they get to like three points that could be the difference between yeah. being a league one or a league two so they're yeah. caught in a bit of no man's land really but yeah peaceful protest but yeah it must be difficult for them obviously we've been there we know how difficult it is a few tweets came in at half time Jamie zero zero eight one eight seven zero nine, which I think is a new hash uh, new Twitter handle on me he said Sweeney is having a bad game he's over committing and leaving so much space behind him, which they keep exploiting, get Tom James on for him. Running Records GC said it was an entertaining open first half with both teams looking dangerous. Beckles and El Miz are our standout players so far for me. Sweeney needs help as he's badly exposed down our left. And to be honest, 
could have conceded more down that side with better finishing from them. Yeah, two changes at half-time for the O's as Darren Prattley and Tom James came on to replace Ralph Sotiriu and Jaden Sweeney. I thought those were spot on, really. I thought Jaden wasn't having a bad game, but they definitely pinpointed him as a weakness. And in that in that situation, I'd rather have an experienced left-back come on or an experienced full-back, as in Tom James, who could maybe give their 11 a boot because we didn't hear a peep out of him in the second half or let him know he's there and manage that player better and stop that danger and Sweeney who's still kind of learning his trade and I think James done a fantastic job that I guess we'll come on to later and again I think I said it when the team was announced it's a two midfield or not playing as a centre forward or behind a centre forward just doesn't work yeah. he's a striker he's a number nine he's not a ten he's not a seven or an eleven he's a, he's a nine and if you're not going to play him as a nine you might as well not play him because I don't think he's got the intelligence to play as a, a skill set yeah, it's, skill set, skill so set. it's not what he's good at. For me, those two subs, perfect perfect sense for me. You? I, I don't think Jaden needed changing, to be honest with you. Um, I would have taken Ruel off, bought on Tom James and moved Ethan Galbraith behind uh, and done it that way because you're right, Ruel's wasted there. Either, either you play Dan Agi behind Ruel or you don't put Ruel on at all or you bring Ruel on late for Dan, for example. Because you're right, he's an out-and-out striker. He's a six-yard box poacher, that kind of penalty spot area kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, some of the goals he scored last year, uh, he had no right to score from the angles. It just showed he has got an instinct about him and it isn't to be playing in a three behind a one, uh, behind a striker. So for me, I, I don't think Jaden, I, I, you know, I'd have kept Jaden on, but I would have brought Tom on and then balanced it out uh, that way. Um, maybe just having Darren Prattley on and giving extra support and cover to the back, maybe that's just all what was needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, from that point of view. Um, but look, it, it, it seemed to work. It seems to steady, steady the ship in the second half and we looked a bit more potent. We did. I mean, we started the second half really well. Um, some silky skill, I think from Shaq Ford down our right early on in the half. So him inside the Renning box, he passed Jordan Brown who couldn't make his opportunity count. I think, yeah, I think Shaq Ford, who had a fairly quiet first half, came out roaring in the second half. Once he I beat, he once he right. beat his left back once, he was all over. Yeah, I thought he did all right. Like it was a reasonably even first half. They looked a little bit sharper in possession than we do. They looked a little bit more athletic. We didn't seem to. I mean, I say this in my notes later, but we seemed to start a little bit lethargic, less sharper than we did last week. Let's say um, when we won. So, you know, is what it is. Fifty-eight minutes. We're going to fast forward to now. Nervous moment for the O's as Reading were camped around our box and eventually got their shot away through Yadom. Uh, but Sol Brin, thankfully, was in the right place at the right time, made a comfortable catch. He did, we just couldn't get the ball off him and they were kind of playing it around their area. Hearts and mouths there a little Very bit. Much. We're going to fast forward 10 minutes to the third orient change as Theo Archibald came off and was replaced by the newest O, Ollie O'Neill. That's a bit of a tongue twister, that one. <laughs> yeah, 71 minutes now. O'Neill did well to get his shot away. That was deflected out for a corner, which unfortunately came to nothing in the end. Almost having an instant impact there, yeah. old Ollie. So there was a break in play six minutes later in the 77th minute after Holmes had to be treated from a challenge from Ethan Galbraith, who also picked up a yellow card for his troubles. Yeah, 79 minutes on the clock. Reading were casually playing it around the back and Ollie O'Neill picked his defender's pocket, sent Dan Adji through, controlled it well, had time and space and was bearing down on goal, but his fierce shot was well saved by Button and the resulting corner came to nothing. Big chance, that one. 100%. That was the one chance you were waiting for. I think O'Neill does really well to get the ball to Adji. Adji's first touch is brilliant, sets him away. And although, I guess, looking back, you you could have maybe played it behind you and O'Neill was running behind you or played it across when Ford was running into the box. I don't blame Adji for shooting. Confident guy, looked up. It looked like an easier chance when you were there. On TV, it looks like a bit of a harder chance. But, yeah... In a game where it's very tight, you need to take those chances. But do he does agree. well. Yeah. Good save by Button. He's got the power say. there, hasn't he? Because the angle is really tight. Yeah. But Ruel scored from that kind of acute yeah. angle in the past. Um, so it's not unachievable. But yeah, maybe placement. But he's gone for power. Um, and hindsight's a wonderful thing. A uh, minute later, Reading won a corner after Ethan Galbraith's misplaced, past, uh, sorry, misplaced pl- uh, clearance fell to Nibs. Tom James made an outstanding block. Superb block there from James Apps effort was going on target and I think it might be a very difficult one for Bryn to get so great block there from James on came Georgie Monks and Joe Piggott to replace Shaq Ford and Jordan Brown in the 86th minute yeah six minutes of added time and up on the board in the 94th minute George Moncur played the ball forwards towards O'Neill he looked to be through on goal but the offside flag was up I'm not sure that he was offside so I think that was a 
a wrong one there. Yes, with the O's looking to win the game, there was no further action to talk about. I'm sure we had like a free kick or like a corner, and the ref just blew the full time whistle while we, we were like throwing attack. It was a front, wasn't it? it was yeah, a front. yeah, down Tom there, James right down went, went to take it, and he blew the full time whistle before it could be taken. As the match finished one all, with both teams taking a point. So Richie Wenens. Yeah, we've got a few minutes of Richie's to play. It is up on social media, but given that this is a quick one, we have got some time. So we're going to play Richie Wenens' post-match interview with Dave Victor, and thanks to Dave for sending this to us. Richie, thanks for joining us. Remain unbeaten in the new year. Are you satisfied with the point this afternoon? Um, I think it could have gone either way. I thought 20 minutes, they were very good. We started really poorly. Um, allowed their full-backs to get out, whether it be wide or whether it be inside the pitch, um, and it caused us uh, one or two problems, and we was lucky to be 1-0 up. Um, and then I think as soon as they equalised, we made a couple of changes in terms of tactical stuff, and then I think we dominate most of the game, um, definitely in possession, and definitely with um, you know playing around their ball, especially second half. But they're a threat. You know, everybody looks at the lead table, and they've got... You know, they've got Smith, who is a very good player at this level, leans in, is a problem, and then they've got speed throughout the pitch. You've got Lewis Wing in midfield. If you step off him and allow him to, to spray the ball about, he can find passes. And you've got a centre half who's just got to move to the Premier League and they've loaned him back. So you have a lot of talented players here. Um, but I thought in periods we dominated. I don't think they really they had they would they had transitional moments where they dominated us. But I think in terms of of, of calmness, in terms of uh, possession, I think we dominated the game. But um could have gone either way, I think. In the end, we probably should have won it, but we could have lost it as well. I'm sure that you'll be disappointed to concede from a set piece. How many times do you think we've shown that corner? Smith makes a run off, off the goalkeeper and he flicks things on and he's dangerous. Um, difficult for the zone man, the front post space man. You've got to be more aggressive in terms of who's marking him. Uh, got to be more aggressive and get your arms out and not allow him a free run. You know, because when you run blindsided people, he's, he's very difficult to mark. So it's a good corner that they've got. Um, I came here on on Tuesday and he nearly got away with it two or three times against Derby. So, um, listen, he's, he's, if you're going to concede a goal, his first game, first one in six, then ideally we'd like it to be a world or they've opened us up or something like that, to be a set play is a, a, little bit, um, a little bit frustrating. Talking of set plays, Dan Ajay very confident from the spot. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about his, his run-up. Can see that the old... I wouldn't mind him taking one in the 90th minute. By the time he strikes it, he's 96 gone and he just scores and the game's over. But, um, no, I've seen him take him for crew. Um, he actually took four or five yesterday and missed them all in training. But I, listen, he's on a good vein of form. He looks like he's real, real confident. And we pick it and we monkey out of the team and he's a go-to guy. Is he OK? He seemed to have picked up a knock at the end. No, I get... You'll ask me about Max Sanders in a minute. And it, what it is, is these two guys have played for teams that when they lose the ball, they retreat, they sit in and are passive. And they don't ask them to sprint, they don't ask them to, to press high up, to cover big distances. Um, and we're asking it now of them. And the body, Dan is obviously had a, a long time out, so he's coming too fresh. At a moment, Max's body just can't take it. Um, so he's got a slight, he'll only be another week probably, slight hamstring, obviously we, why we brought him off against, uh, against Bolton. And it's a big loss. Ideally, we've had real good run of form. We want to play midfield, three midfield players in there. But um, Solly's been chomping a bit. We know that Solly is a is a, a threat running from the ten, and we thought that could have caused problems. But he never never really came to fruition. I think when, when we got Pratt on second half and we had three out and out midfield players in there, I thought we looked more more strong, more dominant in duels, and that allowed us to have more possession. Ollie O'Neill is the wide man you wanted. He came close, didn't he, to making a real I thought, impact? I thought you can see straight away, Kyle. You can see that he's got a talent. He can go on the outside. He can come, can come on the inside. He's got a bit of pace. Again, but what what I really like about him is he's good in duels. He can press. He's very strong for his age, um, robust, and um, obviously then he's got he's got the quality to go with it. So I think our supporters will be quite excited at the the twenty minute cameo that he that he um, that he shown us, and also it gives us options from the bench. When you bring in monks on, when you bring in pigs. And when you bring in Ollie on, it gives us options. And I thought we finished the game really strong. If anybody was going to win it, it would have been us. But obviously, they're still a threat on the counter-attack. So that was Dave Victor talking to Richie Wellens post-Reading. Once again, thank you to Dave. 
for sending that interview over and the rest of the interview can be found on the club's YouTube channel. So that draw means the O's stay in 10th place in League One. So we've played 28, won 10, draw 9, lost 9, goal difference minus 2, 39 points. Bit of Lejarde, your views on yesterday's game at Reading? Yeah, I thought it was a good game actually. Fairly even, most of it. Um, I thought they probably seemed a little bit more threatening, but I think we dealt with them and seemed very comfortable with our defending. We didn't seem to be like deer in headlights or anything like that, so that was good. I thought we were a bit lacking in intensity, like I said earlier. I don't think we started it as sharply as what we had done in previous games, and we didn't get at them like we did against Bolton. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a, a pretty noticeable thing, our, our sort of sharpness and intensity, which I think would have subdued them a lot more. I don't think they would have been quite happy to have been uh, so good, quick on the attack. Um, had we have got at them and got in their face a little bit more, been a bit more aggressive. Credit to Beckles and Happy, though, um, who did well um, and defended resolutely. I thought they, they were really good together. Uh, and Aggie, obviously, being a menace up top, like you said earlier, you know, he, they're, they're absolutely terrifying of mm. him. You could see that. They were holding him, pulling his shirt. Referee was appalling yesterday for giving um, decisions one way but not the other, sure. lacking consistency. Uh, we had blatant fouls that weren't given. They get little taps, go down, and he gives them a foul. So, yeah, I think the referee has a, a lot to answer for, and I think there's a lot to be said for consistency in, in, in refereeing, and that's probably a whole podcast in its own right. <laughs> so won't go down that rabbit hole. Conversely, though, I think, like you said earlier, we've said it just a minute ago, we're all being played behind the striker. It really doesn't work. Wasn't in the game. Had zero impact. Um, and it, it just I know what Richard's just said, but we don't see that. Anymore. I know he sees what he sees on the training ground every day. I know what Ruel says to him. I know what his professional opinion is of Ruel. But you know we can only see what we say, what yeah. we see based on the well in this case forty five minutes, and it just didn't work uh, for him. I thought Reading were targeting Jade. Jade. I think it was pretty obvious. I think everyone saw that um, and wasn't really given the support from his teammates. Um, and I really did feel for him. I really did feel for him and. Yeah, just finally, um, great away day. My first, my son's first away trip, um, <clears throat> decent one. And thanks to Dan for driving, um, and also Johnny, Jonah, and Sammy for making it a really great first away trip for for me and Theo. Really enjoyed it. Great day out. Lovely stuff for me. Yeah, decent game. Didn't do enough to win it. I think a draw. It was a fair yeah. result, really. <laughs> Disappointing goal to concede, I guess, defensively from the O's. But other than that, I thought we played well. Aji again takes his penalty well, four and four. I think he could easily end up in double figures, maybe even fifteen if he keeps going the way he's going this season, which which would be an amazing return for his first season in League One mm. off the back of not playing for at least a good third of the season. Like it's been pointed out, I think Swinney had a tough match, but I don't think he was particularly well supported, to be honest. So it'd be interesting to see what which he does next Saturday now with his lineup. Does he put Sweeney back in against I guess what you can call easier opposition, or does he put Thomas James back in? From, from the start interesting mm-hmm. uh, decision there to be made last week Ford and Theo both dipped in and out of the game weren't consistent in it but showed glimpses of what they can do Theo more in the first half Ford more in the second half mm. uh, I thought O'Neill looked really good really exciting when he came on just head down and running your players which is I guess the exuberance of youth and and wanting him making, to want to make a big impact on the pitch I thought Beckles was superb again I really did I thought Beckles was brilliant at points in that game yesterday, I, I don't know what what has happened to Beckles, but long may that continue. Hundred percent, amen. Uh, but yeah, really enjoyable away day, great away support. I mean, over two thousand those supporters out singing the Reading fans, but also clapping along with them in the sixteenth minute. I thought it was quite a special moment in that. So yeah, good away day. I had a bit of an opposite experience to you. We didn't park in the car park. I managed to get out of Reading quite easily. Thought it was good ground, good fan base, lots to do around there. All in all, nice away day. Would have been better capped with three points, but one point is better than zero points to take it all day long. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah, good. So those were our views. A huge amount of feedback after this. So thanks to everyone who tweeted us or sent messages to our social media account. We'll read out a few of them. Um, and just because we read them, it doesn't mean we agree with them. Uh, Orient Meat Pie tweeted us first and said, Fair result. Reading looked useful, but we matched them and arguably edged it. Ollie looked good and had a decent game. Good tweet there. Miss Vigaroo said, Two points lost, but nobody will lose any sleep on this one. Had a couple of clear-cut chances to finish them, but still, understandably, lacked that sharpness that would make us a playoff contending side. Something we are not at the moment, but could well be in a couple of seasons. 
Kid Sampson I said it was a good point despite their league position and off-field travails uh, tra- uh, I beg your pardon Reading are one of the better home sides in the division another step along our pathway to a blissfully stress-free mid-table finish good point about Reading you know one of the better home teams in the division they don't lose many points at home oh they're not beaten at home that often Trousers Techno said the team were more balanced in the second half and it showed in our overall performance probably a fair result as Reading looked anything but bottom four so it should be considered a good one with slightly better decision making, we could have been free. Shaq and Dan getting stronger each week. Late Norrent USA said, I'm surprised Reading is so low in the standings. It was a very difficult game. Despite not playing consistently like other games, they had a few clear chances to win it. I liked Shaq. Maybe he'll start next week. Yeah, he started anyway, so hopefully he retains his place. I guess Reckon yeah. blew up. So the first half was Reading for sure. Felt like they were the better team. They changed the half time. Prattley and James really helped us and fought Elmiz was very good. Draws a fair result and do hope Reading get themselves out of trouble as they've been treated horribly. Because I think Elmi's last two games have been on point. Back on it. 100%. And against Bolton and Reading, like two of the better teams in this division, if you're getting playing like that next week against the Carlisle team, he's certain to have a bigger influence on yeah. the game you'd imagine anyway yeah team of the weeks uh, incoming Whoa. yeah Sunshine course. LOFC said a game of two halves but having said that we just about deserved the win on the second half performance alone Elmiz was absolutely off the charts and that really was some performance from him Orient underscore Ed uh, good to see you in the ground yesterday Ed said looked pretty solid again if unspectacular though we gave it away far too cheaply and far too many times Shaq Ford had another very good game and great to actually completing a 90 minutes if you can't win don't lose, and certainly a fair result. Absolutely spot on. Poplar32 said, It's a good decision with the substitutions at half-time. Ruel and Jaden were struggling big time. A fair result with both sides having enough chances to snatch it. M8X also fair result. We never really got going. It looked like we missed Sanders. Beckles was an absolute rock. But can we talk about that ref? Absolutely horrendous, which obviously you alluded to earlier. Yeah, absolutely spot on. James Eastwood, 83, said, Not sure Jaden Sweeney deserved... Getting hooked off, even though he got caught a couple of times, but Theo didn't help. Played hardly any minutes, won't do much for his confidence. That is a really good point. Didn't do enough to get three points, but at least we didn't lose, and we go unbeaten in in the new year. Still unbeaten, yeah. Still unbeaten. Painting Orient said, Reading had a bit too much joy in the right wing in the first half, and we missed the fluency of Sanders. Still, really solid point against the team in a false position. Had the Orient drive not been confiscated, we might have edged it with Ford. Impressing again, second away trip, I believe, on the bounce. They yeah, got they rejected at But then Reading, Reading fans had their drum in, so I don't understand what the problem is. The problem is, you obviously, as a home team, want to make your advantage count and you want to hinder the away fans. Yeah, so at least he got it back at the end. I get that. I, I saw I get why. I don't agree with it, but I get why you would do it from a vocal point of view in the ground. So, yeah. Dis- yeah. Disappointing. Sean Mobsby said, Reading fan here in peace. You seemed a little off the pace in the first half, but whatever changes you made at half time paid off. Total control of the second half. Also, shout out to your fans. Bumped into a few on the way up to the ground, and you're a good lot. Best of luck this season. Really nice when uh, Oppo fans uh, message us, and a nice message as well. We were talking to a couple of fans in um, in McDonald's um, before the game as well, and yeah, we very nice, very complimentary, very nice people. Yeah, they certainly are. Thank you very much for that, Sean Daniel underscore D four four. So the thought the draw was a fair result, but we could have grabbed the win if we had a bit more composure in that final third. Beckles was my man in the match, but Brown and Elmiz were also very good. Also, a great cameo from O'Neill. He was full of confidence and very keen to run at their defence. Elm Park Royal uh, Royals gets the penultimate word. Said both teams had chances to win, but a draw feels like a fair result. The second half saw a real drop in quality, which saw only one real save from both goalies. Good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, so that was the pod I went on um, earlier in the week. So good lads there, and obviously wish them the best in getting rid of their awful 100%. Owner. Absolutely. 100%. Final word this one then goes to Lawton Gamps, who said, can't say fairer than a draw. Reading were better than their position, and we didn't hit the heights of the recent games. The big thing for me today was the scale of the support. Shows how far the club has come in not very long. Not a great game, but at a wider level, we are on the up. Do you agree or disagree with any of those tweets that we've read out? Let us know what you think. You can tweet us. We're at Orient Outlook on Twitter. Uh, you can email us, as I mentioned earlier. We're Orient Outlook at Outlook.com. We're on Facebook. Just search us up for Orient Outlook Podcast. And we're Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast on Instagram. Yeah, so Prediction League update. There were loads of correct predictions. So well done to those of you who predicted one all uh, and not the score, who get three points. Far too many to read out. But well done to Dave Danu. M8XL, Arcoral1972 and Patrick G321 
who predicted one or an Aggie to score, taking the maximum amount of points. That means the top of the prediction league is as follows, with Dave Brew 47976911 leading away on 22 points. 19 points behind him is a Rio underscore Orient, followed very closely now on 18 points by Eastside Orient, and one point behind him on 17 points is Dan William H, Paul R. Gregory, and Steve Chaplin for the full table can be found on Facebook, and as always, Thanks to everyone for all of their predictions. Indeed. Additionally, we were saddened to see the racist tweet aimed at Dan Ajay after the match by a so-called Reading supporter. And absolutely no place for it, not only in football, but in society in general. It's disgusting. And hopefully they get that guy and ban him from the ground. Yeah, well, Twitter account's gone now. I can't imagine he'll uh, he'll be going to a football match any time soon. So, yeah, great stuff there to see the back of that. So, Sunday... The 28th of January, not much going on. The only thing to report is the ladies' match, who were in action away today at Islington Borough. And despite a good start, they went behind in the 16th minute and the hosts doubled their lead two minutes later. The hosts tried to find a way back into the game, but couldn't as the half ended 2-0 to the hosts. And despite our best efforts, no further goals in this one to talk about as the match finished 2-0 to Islington Borough. So Mr Levy at 45 minutes, 45 seconds. So I put this bad boy. Yeah, that was a Premier Division uh, game. So they were back in league action. They were in the Cup uh, last week. And from what we're told by Leighton Orient Women's Football Fan View, uh, thanks Paul for getting in touch, uh, they had quite a few of their first team senior players missing, uh, possibly due to injury today. So they had uh, some of the younger under-18s in today. So uh, good, to know. Uh, good outing for them, Paul. Thanks very much for for letting us know that uh, as well. So as you said, let's get this wrapped up. Fancy Football, Elliot Pearce is now the new leader of the Orient Outlook podcast, Fancy Football League. He's got 1,304 points. He's now just three points ahead of Brendan Pitcher, who dropped to second. And Steve is still in 173rd place out of 355. So you are giving a good account of yourself Mr. Nussbaum. So let's crack on then to the positives and negatives. Yes, all right. One at a time, last week, yeah. Positives in. Three positives, three negatives. First up, unbeaten run continues. No loss in six. Love it. Great yeah, to see. Absolutely right. Dan Adji is now four goals in four games. Must be one of the informed attackers, strikers in the league. Boys on fire. Yeah. Boys on absolute fire. And lastly, the away support yesterday. Fantastic to be among the 2,000 Orient fans. Felt very jubilant and happy in that away end. Fantastic. Lots of singing, lots of great atmosphere. Love to see it. Indeed. Uh, negatives then, we move on. Uh, Max Sanders is obviously injured again. Rich has explained why that has happened. Doesn't sound like that's a long one. Said no. for a week. Sounds like a strain. Hopefully one, gets in that starting lineup next Saturday as I think we missed him yesterday but we'll see on that one. Second negative is conceding our first goal in over 500 minutes. That means the clean sheet record Remains unbroken after about another 50 years for five I think, clean sheets in around 55 one years. Of the, one of the groups, I think it's only about 12, 15 minutes out away from matching or breaking that record. Oh, okay. It wasn't a lot, All unfortunately. Right. Yeah, and obviously the final uh, negative is obviously the racism that was aimed at Dan Adji by a Reading fan, quote unquote, um, after yesterday's game. Yeah, so those are positives and negatives of the week. So Hero of the Week, we had a few names floating around ahead, we mentioned a few in this one could have gone to El Miz easily Dan Appy also had a great game Ollie O'Neill might have had a shout here Adji obviously scored 4-4 four and four, but this week we are giving a hero of the week to Tom James very deserved he's played well when he came on I thought he was uh, very very solid yesterday good long throws good position uh, positional awareness game changing blockers huge block earlier. Yeah. Um, and all this in the backdrop of losing his dad a couple of weeks ago um, and that's never easy to do that when you lose a relative least of all a parent so uh, condolences again to the James family as well so let's move on then to next week's fixtures yeah another week with only the one fixture uh, so unbeaten uh, in January well we have been unbeaten in January so as we move into February which is a lot busier so this is the last week in a while with only one game to yeah. talk about so Carlisle United are up next they're visiting the home of football on Saturday the 3rd of February. Carlisle currently having a very tough season. They're 23rd in League One. They're 10 points from safety and they got battered 4-1 yesterday at home to Bolton Wanderers. In their last five, they've won one and lost four. So not having the best. They brought in a lot of players in uh, January. Brought in Harry uh, Lewis from Bradford. Were yeah, rumoured to be after Drynan, which obviously didn't come off. They brought Luke Armstrong from Harrogate who was a decent striker at League Two level. They got some decent players there but it's just not working out for them. So 
No, they've got to have time to bed in. They haven't got that time. That that is not on their side. So hopefully they're not just buying everyone and anyone. Hopefully they're the manager signings all being well. Uh, otherwise, um, he he is literally on a very short leash. Worth mentioning also next week transfer deadline day on Wednesday the thirty first of January. So only got three days to bring someone in, which he did say in his post match. Hopefully one more attacker. We all wait with bated breath. Was obviously also asked about players leaving, but he said it has to be the right deal for the player and the club. So I mm-hmm. guess we'll all be looking at our devices yeah. in a couple of days, seeing what happens. And obviously, we'll bring you the latest news as it's breaking. We do. We will do our very, very best. Sponsorship reminder, don't forget, get in touch with John and their fantastic team of experienced florists. You can call them on 0208 529 4130. You can contact them on social media. They're Carol Langley E4. That's Carol with an E on the end. Or at EssexBiz, B-I-Z-Z. That's on Twitter. They're also on Instagram. Search Carol Langley Florist and the same for Facebook. And a reminder, uh, don't leave it to the last minute. Get your orders in as you're listening to this now. Uh, Get your orders in for Valentine's Day. Make sure that you're in and done and then you don't have to worry about it. You've been been warned. You've been outlooked. So that's it. Thanks for joining us for episode 300. And 44, so the O's travel to Reading this week. And a spirited and battling performance saw us take a point back to E10 after Dan Adji gave the O's a lead before conceding a quick equaliser to our hosts. And despite having the better off the play and a big, big chance to win the game, we had to settle for a point as although our clean sheet record is gone and our beaten run in 2024 continues and it's still very much alive. And with only one fixture next week at home to Carlisle United, who was struggling, like we said, many fans will feel confident at getting three points in this one. And hopefully this time next week we'll be talking about it with another positive result for Super Richie Wellens Red and White Army. Indeed. So if you're listening on iTunes, subscribe, give the podcast a rating. Five stars would be obviously very much appreciated. If you're listening on Spotify, you can now rate the show in case you didn't know that. You can even leave a comment on each episode. So please do so if you get the chance. And don't forget to follow us, add us to your favourites on your chosen provider. So that way you'll get all the episodes as soon as they're available. We're also on smart speakers. We're also on the Fan Hub app. And we're now on YouTube as well. So listening to the podcast has never been easier. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, an orient chum, someone who's got a passing interest in the O's, who you think they'd like to know a little bit more about what's been going on at the club, grab their phone, download it for them and pass the pod. Yeah, so we'll be back with episode 345 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. So we look forward to hearing from you and as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.